Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome into a special edition of Around the Hearn. It's a Friday edition and it is a high school kickoff Friday edition for high school football, high school soccer tonight continuing as well. Handful of big games in the area on both sides, but... It's coaches' interviews this week. Bo Fry from St. Mary's, Chip Auden from Coldwater, Andy Schaefer from Columbus Grove, who picked up a big win last night against Pinorcaboa, and Zach Turner from Coldwater, or from Kenton, who will head to Coldwater later tonight. So you get both of the sides of the Coldwater-Kenton matchup for the very last time. Kind of see what happens with those guys. But last night, high school football kicked off. In the area, as Pandora Gaboa beat Columbus Grove in what was probably the best game of the night. It was really the only game of the night that wasn't a blowout. 25-22, Pandora Gaboa wins. It's just a not very high-scoring game at the half. The last, I would say, eight, nine minutes of that ball game went back and forth. It was 19-14 Grove at one point, or Pandora at one point, and Grove came back. Missed a two-point conversion, but Pandora was able to score with one second left on an 11-yard touchdown to end up getting that win. Defiance blasted Napoleon to keep the River Rock 38-13. St. John's destroyed Jefferson 45-6, and LCC did pretty much the same to Shawnee 42-14 in a game that wasn't that close. Games that go on tonight in the area, Lima Senior takes on Piqua. Lima Central Catholic again last night with that big win. WBL teams in action. Bath takes on to Bremen. Salina and Versailles. And again, we'll find out how good Salina is. Kind of right out of the gates. As a lot of people are talking about them to be a dark horse in the Western Buckeye League. Defiance and Napoleon last night. Again, was a big one. Elida and Toledo Rogers. Kenton Coldwater. Ottawa Glendorf gets Eastwood. St. Mary's and St. Henry game you can hear on K94. Myself and Denny Cisco with the uh, pregame at 6.30. Van Wert and Brian. Van Wert's uh, quarterback a little dinged up from what I heard. And Wapakoneta, Marion Local, which is just flat out one of the best matchups in the state. Midwest Athletic Conference, you've got Anna taking on Indian Lake. Full recovery. And Wayne Trace, That's that should be a good one too. Mr. Fort Loramie, always a banger. Parkway and Crestview. NWC get Ada and Upper Soda Valley. That's uh, one of Ada's last years in the NWC before they head north to the BVC. Allen East and Macomb. Bluffton and Ben Logan. Lipsick against Lake and Spencerville on Z Sports 3. Taking on Ridgemont. Those are the uh, football games uh, going on at some point tonight. Golf earlier on today already in the can. The Minster girls beat Anna and Delphus Jefferson in a uh, three-way matchup. Boys soccer tonight. Napoleon travels to uh, Fred J. Brown Stadium to take on Defiance. Why? Because stadium's open. Football went last night. Football goes tonight. And those two teams will actually play a doubleheader with the uh, girls teams. That's a really neat thing to kick off what is uh, week one of high school football that you get these big soccer matchups too under the lights out there in Defiance with Napoleon and Defiance in both games. Girls soccer will have uh, Douglas Jefferson off their win a couple of days ago, uh, 3-2 against Spencerville at Stadium Park to uh, take on St. John's, make that long trip. And then a game on WZOQ Radio, you can hear. The Otto Glendorf boys will uh, take on Kaleida 
in Kaleida, and that is traditionally a very strong opening day uh, matchup. Not a ton else to get to right now. Things kind of heating up. Next week begins the uh, run to the state championships, really, uh, that every uh, sport will be in action. But coming up, we've got a uh, terrific set of interviews, Bo Fry, Chipot, and Andy Schaefer, and Zach Turner, all when we come back and through the next 45 minutes or so here on Around the Hearn. Are you ready for an adventure? Experience the Midwest's only drive through safari park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. Go to www.africansafariwildlifepark.com for more information. Kicking off the coaches of the Western Buckeye League, talking to now a third-year head coach, Bo Fry. They spell it with an E, unless he's on the local news. Coming off a 9-3 season. Hey, a good thing for you. I mean, 11 returning starters that includes a smaller group of 13 seniors, but always good to have leadership back from a pretty good team. Yeah, we have a core group of leaders back, um, which is great to have, um, especially with a smaller group. But um, with having a smaller group of seniors, that means they all have to contribute in some way, and uh, some of your younger kids have to really come around and, and fill roles. But those guys that you get back, one of them almost kind of a, a bonus in the fact that you get your quarterback in Cody Wallace back. He's gained some muscle. He's gained some leadership and valuable game experience the last couple of years. I talked to him a little bit ago, or a little bit, and it seems like he is completely locked in and ready to show people what St. Mary's football is all about. Oh, he's a great kid, first and foremost. Um, and, yeah, he had a great offseason. Uh, so great of an all season that we're going to play him at defensive end and quarterback. Uh, so that's high school football, and that's who we are. And you got to play your best people. And uh, Cody's a good kid and, and a great leader for us. And it's always great when you have your quarterback back because then you can kind of focus on other things, especially in what we do um, in the intricacies of our offense. Changeover at the top, though, from those guys that you lose. I know you had uh, some platoons last year. You had one of the leading tacklers. In the league, and Kevin Perry, he's back. But what has been kind of the the thing through camp of, all right, those holes that we have, who can we plug in there, and how are they going to produce? So uh, we have a, a great deal of numbers in St. Mary's. So I'm very lucky in that aspect. We're very lucky in that aspect. Um, so there's a lot of kids that are still fighting for different spots. Um, being in the preseason right now, uh, these scrimmages are going to be big to figure out who can play and who can't play. Um, you see it in practice, but when it's real football, um, we need to know who can, who is going to block the whistle, who's going to make that attack. So um, there's still some spots that still need to be filled, but uh, we've got a lot of some spots that will get filled at some point. I would think with these seven-on-sevens and with the passing drills that having a uh, quarterback like the Montgomery kid from Finley having to put your potential starting secondary up against that guy, I mean, that's got to be, one, kind of a relief in that you don't have to face him during the regular season when everything's live, but two, a heck of a test for maybe a little bit of a younger unit. Yeah, for sure. I, it, you, I, it's better when it doesn't count, I guess, would be the big thing. Um, and he's probably one of the best quarterbacks we'll see maybe all year. Um Hopefully we can and later in the year get in the playoffs and that's where it's jazz. But um, he's obviously a, a big-time quarterback that uh, uh, it'll be exciting to see. It doesn't get any easier. I mean, you pretty much went out and said, all right, give me the best that you've got. 
you know, forget the downtrodden. Give me Marion Local and give me Fort Loramie. Give me Finley for these scrimmages. I mean, if that doesn't kind of get your kids' juices flowing and get you ready for St. Henry, I don't know what does. Oh, 100%. Uh, we try to put our kids in the summer in the uh, the most difficult situations that they can be in. We play six, seven on sevens throughout the summer, and that's obviously watching our offense. That's not what we do. Um, but we have to play against teams that are throwing her all over the place. We have to uh, see how we match up physically with the Marion Locals of the world. So, yeah, we, we want to put them in situations so when it gets to the season, we know uh, what we have. Four of your first five games on the road. Obviously, conversely, that means four of your last five at home, if my math is correct. Uh, is one of those more important than the other? I don't think anyone's more important than the other. Uh, we take it week by week. Um, obviously, we know our schedule. Um, there's some big robberies in those first five. Um, but no, um, they are all important, especially when you get into WBL, WBL play. Um, we've been uh, two field goals away the last few years from the WBL championship. So um, if we can get it done, um, we've got a shot. But we know what we're up against and we're going to continue to control each week what we can control. I would imagine that most people in the Western Buckeye League, the bullet is on the defending champs in Wapakoneta. You see them in uh, week four at Wapak. Never an easy thing when you go back-to-back at Wapak, at OG, because that's that's pretty much been a majority of the last five years of how the league has gone, those couple of games. But Van Wert's got a lot coming back. They, they have some different things that they're changing out. Defiance seems like that it is kind of reaching what everybody has thought they would be the last couple of years. What is it, or who is it, I guess, that you're looking out for and saying, all right, outside of, obviously us, we expect this team to be the team everybody's talking about. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the, the entire league is, is better this year. Um, so you look, uh, usually uh, coaches' turnover dictates how good of a team is going to be, and the only two coaches that are new are uh, Shawnee and Bath, and those aren't until the end of the season. So um, obviously guys aren't leaving their programs. They think they've got something coming back, and uh, it's, there's not a single one that I can put a finger on right now that, that is going to dictate uh, bigger than the other. Uh, they're all big. You've had an interesting go of it in your first couple of years, obviously from being a, an assistant for a long time, but does this year feel different to you going into year three? I mean, you a lot of people talk about you get the first three or four years to kind of embed yourself in the program as the, the big guy in the big chair. I mean, this is, this is kind of one of those years where I would think coming off nine and three, going to the playoffs that, maybe our expectations a little higher this year? Well, first off, uh, say by year three, you got it all figured out or all full crap because this job never gets any easier. <laughs> um, you're dealing with high school kids. Um, and high school kids are constantly uh, changing. You never know what you're going to get from them. So um, our expectations high. I think expectations are always high. Um, but do we have holes to fill? Definitely. But have we worked? all off-season to fill those holes, uh, 100%. And I'm very blessed with a great coaching staff that works during your two weeks when the season is over, we're going to the weight room, all of them. So those guys, are, those guys are, are my guys, and they work their tails off. So we're constantly trying to work for the next year. And, and I think that we have the pieces if we can play them right. I am just impressed that throughout the heat that we've had 
for the last couple of weeks that you've been able to uh, rock the December beard? <laughs> well, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm really debating it right now. I watched it on the news, and I'm like, I talked to my wife, and she's like, I like it. I think you should keep it. But I'm like, I don't know. It's the bicentennial for, for St. Mary's beer, 200 year, right? So I figured let's get back to our roots, and uh, we'll see how long it lasts. Well, uh, your guys' big thing this year has been, obviously the mantra is, own the field. What does that mean to you in terms of being the leader and passing that down of, you know, this is what we're going to be this year? Uh, yeah, that mantra is a mantra for the parents in the community. We don't have a mantra. Our mantra is come to work every day, take it day by day, and just get better. Uh, we know who we are. We're a, we're a program uh, founded on toughness. We're a community founded on toughness. So um, I preach to our kids every day that, you know, if we're not being tough, then we don't have anything. So um, I think own the field, yeah, yeah, that can mean whatever it means. Um, I'm not really a hoopla, that kind of guy. I think let's go to work every day and let's be tough. You just pass that hard hats? Yeah, we should. Uh, helmets, that's good enough, right? You just got to go next door to the highway. they probably got plenty of them. I mean, they're not really doing anything over there half the time. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like anything's getting on. fixed. Yeah, yeah, I got my own problems. I let them figure that stuff out. So, when you count down to a Friday night, uh, obviously we're a couple of weeks away from this, but uh, you have those scrimmages. I mean, do you get that kind of same mindset going into a scrimmage, or is it because it doesn't count that it's a little bit different from a coach? I think you go into the scrimmage uh, with the same feel as a game. Um, but if you get the pee kicked out of you, um, you're happy it doesn't count, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, you're going in uh, wanting to win. I, I, I don't. I, we walk into seven-on-sevens with maybe being the, the worst passing team in the state of Ohio. Uh, or, or not maybe not the worst, but the least passing team in the state of Ohio. And I want to win those, you know. So – there's nothing that we do in this program where we don't want to compete and we don't want to win. Um, so, yeah, I think scrimmages are a great thing, and, um, and honestly, it's a great time. Uh, you only get, you're only guaranteed as a high school football player 12 opportunities, and, and scrimmages are one of those opportunities. Well, I hope that all of those opportunities, I hope there's about 16 of them, actually, 16 to 18 if you're counting the scrimmages that uh, you guys get this season. Yeah, you know, that's always the goal, um, and, and we'll, we'll work every day to try to achieve that. Hey, let me ask you this before we go. It, this just dawned on me, and I wanted to get a coach's perspective on this. OHSA says this year we're going back to everything is played on a Friday. Does that work for you in that it, I mean, in the, in the theory that you go all the way to the finals, it keeps you on a pretty much normal track every week? Yeah, I think for the most part, high school football is always played on Friday. You know, you put your practice plans together. You, you're prepping your kids to, to peak on Friday. Um, so anytime that you can just keep things the same for the kids, um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, I, we played on Saturdays uh, in 2018. You know what I mean? So I, I, that wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but, I don't know, Fridays just feel like high school football time. And that's what it is in St. Mary's. High school football on a Friday night in St. Mary's. Uh, there's really not anything else like that. I'd agree. Well, I wish you the best of luck this year. 
hey, thank you very much. You too. That's the uh, head coach of the St. Mary's Rough Riders in Beaufort. We've got more coaches in the Western Buckeye League coming your way in just a few. It's finally football season, and here at Lee Kitzel GM Sales and Service in Van Wert, we're here to help you score a touchdown. We'll make the necessary in-game adjustments to make sure you get the win. We won't stop grinding until the whistle blows. Yep, it's 110% effort all the time. We might even bite a kneecap off. <clears throat> what Eric McCracken means is you'll leave happy when you get your next vehicle at Lee Kinsel, and you'll also be happy with their service after the sale. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert, LeeKinsel.com, or 866-LEE-KINSEL. Touchdown! Woo! Switching gears a little further out from Columbus Grove into the Midwest Athletic Conference and the uh, long-tenured head coach in Chip Otten, who's getting ready for a season, uh, coming off of a season, I should say, in which Coldwater goes 11-2, and 7-1 in the MAC, And starting off, uh, before you guys even get to Kenton, you've got a couple of heavy hitters in your scrimmage season. Yes, Mike, well, we go to Walpock on uh, Saturday. It's been a good, really good scrimmage for us the last I don't know, six, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, so, uh, you know, you know, they're a good division, division three team who's big and physical. And so we find out pretty quick, you know, it seems like every year we're putting, putting together a new O and D line and, and, uh, they, they, they get a good, good awakening tomorrow to, uh, how physical you have to be to, to play against good teams. So, so that's always, that's always a good, good matchup. And so uh, we'll go there tomorrow at 10, and then we come back next Friday. Next Friday, a game-like scrimmage with Salina, and they've really improved the last, uh, two, you know, two three, two, three years and brought in some, some good, good new coaches. And, and uh, so they're, they're, uh, they're doing a good job. And, and last year was, was a really good scrimmage for us. So, so two, good, two good WBL matchups to get us ready for our first uh, home opener with Kent. And that, I talked to Zach Turner uh, a while ago, and, you know, he said that it's kind of odd and it's bittersweet that that's the last go-round between you guys and the Wildcats. Yeah, and we're not in the same division also. When that first started, you know, we were in the same division with Ken. So they, this was this was before my time, just a little bit, right before I got here. And I uh, had a couple couple really good playoff games with them, and then that started the, the uh, gosh, for, I, I want to say, from 2023. 22, 23 years, something like that, the contract with them. So, yeah, just kind of, I guess it's run its course these last few years. So, so we decided we're going to move on and, and, uh, and we're going to go play uh, Valley View uh, next year, the next two years. And um, Clinton Massey, we're losing Bell Fountain after this year also. And then, uh, so, so we're going to go Valley View, Clinton Massey, which will be two really tough games for us. Well, the good news is you get your first three games at home. Yeah, yeah. Last year we had um, last year we only had four home games. That's, that's unusual. Usually it's five and five. And so this year we're getting the six and four, which is nice. In the first three at home. So so actually four, with with our scrimmage with Salina, we're going to have four Friday nights in a row uh, for the for the home team Cavaliers. So that, so that's good. That'll be good fun for us, and hopefully we don't get a rain date tear up the field too bad. You just you had to you had to go there, right? Because now you just yeah. you're just tempting it. It's just tempting those uh, you know those early early thunderstorm uh, delay games, right? Well, I saw the uh, the stadium, and you guys did some new renovations in it. It looks gorgeous over there. Yeah, the uh, you know a few years ago we got what we call the what we call the CPAC, which is our uh, 
you know, which is our locker rooms, and it's a multi-purpose wrestling room, baseball, batting cages, all that kind of stuff. And then we've added this year, uh, Eric did a really good job, got 10, I don't know, 8, 10, 12 um, sponsors, really, really good, uh, really good sponsors to pay for the new scoreboard. It has a nice big, big uh, kind of like the jumbo trying, it's not a jumbo term, but a big, you know, with a, uh, with a graphics board where you can show highlights and videos and pump up videos and all, all those types of things. So, so that, that looks really sharp. So that's going to, that's going to be a good new addition. I was between the first time uh, that I ended up getting over there. It's either going to be the Ottentron or the Goodwin-Tron, just because Ottentron seems to flow pretty well. <laughs> well, I'm not sure anything's going to get named after me, but but that sounds kind of that sounds kind of cool. But but so maybe the Reedtron. How about that? That that could be uh, too. That could be too. Yeah. Cab-tron. I just assume the Cavtron. The Cavtron. Yeah, we could do that too. We can yeah, kind of yeah. uh, we can generic out so nobody. Nobody doesn't get something, but uh, how cool is that to pretty much any time that you guys are in need of something? And it doesn't necessarily mean just a football team, but with all of the programs there that you're able to reach out to the community and they immediately go, okay, we're going to take care of you. Yeah, they, 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 our community does a really good job, and Eric does a good job of reaching out and, and taking care of those folks with advertisements and things like that. Um, our booster club is really good whenever we need things. I know about, uh, gosh, it's been almost probably seven, eight years when we got the best of the best helmets. The boosters bought the first, I think, 30, 36 helmets that are at the time they were a little over $300 each. Um, and so, so now they're, they're probably closer to $500 each. So, so, uh, our, our booster club does a really good job of getting extra stuff and, and things that we need, and like you said, the community does a, does a really good job of supporting, you know, the school and, and, and all our sports and our park, as you know, is, is pretty 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 sweet. So so always doing always looking looking for new things to, to uh, add to the park and the stadium and the school kind of all work together to, to keep the facilities really nice. Does Eric sleep? Have we figured this out? Yeah, I I don't know how man he he he. He loves that stuff, and and so it seems to be at all the stuff he and between he and Jason Hemelgarn, those those two are out of everything, and um, always running around and looking for new ways to to do things. I know that AD that AD thing never ends, right? Because obviously you're you know you got all the different sports, and and that uh, just runs right into another where all of us coaches, you know, we get a we get a get a pretty good pretty good break in between the seasons. I have told people this uh, for years, maybe that other radio people or media, whenever they cover Coldwater and they haven't before, you guys have, for my money, the best small school website at capfootball.com. What was the idea? I mean, how easy was it for you? You do a, a weekly coach's corner where you uh, preview the upcoming team slash review the last game of just being able to sit down and whether it's a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever – of uh, just kind of sharing your thoughts every week. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. Mike Spriggs started uh, when, when John took over the program, and and uh, John wanted a highlight tape at the end of the year. And, and so so Mike started coming to all the games, and uh, he does the sideline version, and then he has access to our huddle, our, our huddle, um, huddle, um, video video stuff that he gets the he gets the uh, sideline view from the press box 
and his and now the end zone view, and then he has his own sideline view, and he puts that together each week. And then when I took over, um, took overhead, he came up with the idea. Hey, how about we do a little, you know, like you said, that little five five minute, um, you know, preview of the of the uh, preview of, a, of an upcoming opponent and and uh, how the how the last game went. And Chris Crone and Rob Stavler. Chris does a great job with all the statistics. So those two work together with all the statistics and the records and along with Eric. And, you know, like you said, that whole cavfootball.com is a really, really good site for anything you want on court or maybe too much. I don't know if we put so much on there that we're probably giving away some, some stuff. But, but yeah, the, people love the, the uh, little highlight, the highlight tape that goes along with my little, with my little, uh, I'm not sure anybody watches the coach's corner, but I'm sure they watch the highlight tape. I, I do. Fun. Oh, yeah. You, Whenever you we're lucky enough time. to cover you guys, I, I watch it every time and just kind of, Try to pick one or two things. Maybe it's just nerds like me. Yeah, yeah, probably. But that's what you do, right? Right. Yeah. I, so what did he say? I don't want to bother him. Uh, when right. you go into these seasons, I mean, you've got, you know, I, I talk about Murderer's Row in the MAC the way that it goes. Do you have to say, you know, things like, you've made the playoffs 25 years in a row of telling the kids, hey, you know, we want our best every night because – they don't want to be, or the community doesn't want them to be, you know, the class that doesn't make the playoffs, or is it, is yeah. it just kind of ingrained to them? Uh, I think at this point, it's, it's the expectation now. And of course, now with the, uh, with 16 teams per region getting in, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's obviously easier, you know, back in the day when it first started, as you know, they're only, gosh, you might not even been born yet in, in the early. <laughs> Mid seventies when playoffs. No, I was not. We didn't even think about you know when I was in high school. We didn't even think about we were undefeated my junior year and didn't even get play. You know we didn't even really know what the playoffs was because there was only three divisions and there was only four teams per division in the whole state. So and and typically that would go to you know uh, programs from the larger larger cities and things like that. So then of course then for a long time it was four teams per region. Right, so sixteen in the whole state. Of course, now it's what sixty-four teams per sixty-four teams per division, right? Sixty-four teams per division in seven divisions. In seven divisions, so obviously, you know, there's a lot of teams getting in. So hopefully, we can continue that, continue that uh, trend. And those first two games are always really important for us. Those non-league games, of course, of course, obviously league. But for us, being one of the the the, uh, large, I guess largest or second largest school in the league us and i guess for sales i guess for sales was six last year so last year we were the largest so in playing all six and sevens you don't get quite as many points uh, so those non-league like beating bell fountain last year was really big for us you know because they're you know i think they were division four maybe, maybe yeah they're three I this year four, three this year so so and and they won eight games last year so if we can if we can get them again that that just gives us a lot a lot of points to hopefully, hopefully get in. Our region is re- was really strong last year, um, and and so because it's so spread out, uh, a lot of the teams aren't in the same league, so they're not beating each other. So we have lots of league champs and, and first, first and second place teams in lots of different leagues. So if we were to lose those first two, it would, it might be tough. It might be tough getting in. Dan Kenny's our expert on on the uh, on the computer point. So he, <laughs> 
you know, it keeps us in tune once, you know, once we start getting, getting going in the season. Yeah. I always figure between uh, him and Joey Idol, whenever things start to get crazy, I just look at Joe Idol and just think, God bless that guy because he's doing oh, it for the entire state. And within two hours of all the games being done, he's mostly done with figuring all that out. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how he gets all those scores in it. Yeah, it's, it's I can cool. barely get one or two scores that I need half the time. Yeah. He's got the whole state. Back in the day before Joe Eichel, it was Jason Hemelgarn at the time. He was our, you know, Jason, he was our, he was our Dan Kenny. And he would have a template with it all drawn up and he would, when we would get down there towards the end of the season, he would be making calls to like police departments in you know some random place that a game was going to maybe matter. Hey, did you get this score on on so and so and so and so? And sure enough, then he would figure out all the points. But like you said, now I don't know how he does it. And I, he gets all those. But it's awesome. That's crazy. I said I I don't think he sleeps until you know mid December. He just wakes right. up in August and is just immediately figured out every scenario. Every scenario, yep. That's, That's crazy. Uh, looking at road games this year, you go to Anna, go to Parkway, New Bremen, and Marion Local. You get a home game in between each one of those. I, I ask coaches this all the time, but does your venue matter? I mean, at this point, with because you know, like I said earlier on, you're taking on heavy hitters every week. It doesn't really matter if you go there or they come to you. Uh, you know, I don't really think about it too much. It doesn't, doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem to then you know we're not we're not traveling like like you just name those four teams you know Anna's only at 30, 30 minute we're used to getting there you know they don't they don't mind jumping on the bus and and going I guess it's it's a little more you know sometimes we don't let our kids our kids don't go home after school on Friday so they so they we eat together and then we then we when it's a home game you know you got to hang out over in the CPAC for you know for quite a while they you know, there's not a whole lot to do. Just, just kind of hang out and chill and have a walk through. But so sometimes the away games are, hey, let's get, let's go, let's get on the bus and, and we're heading. But I don't know. I guess, I guess you always feel like home is, gives you, uh, I don't know if it gives you an advantage, but it's, it, I guess it's nice just, just to have more fans there. Your own fans come more at home games. But uh, I don't know. I don't really think about it too much. I don't, don't really think of it as a big deal. When you look at this year's team, you obviously have had turnover at some key positions this year or from last year with a team that was pretty successful. How are you feeling going into your first set of scrimmages? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good, that's always a, a really good question. Um, every year we, we always have concerns. This year's concern is, um, number one, the, the O and the D line. We lost four of the starters on the O line, our, our center, Kale Wenning. Who was did a really good job as a sophomore last year? He's about he's really our only big kid we have on our team. He's about to, he's two sixty, um, and he's going to hold down the fourth there. But we have four new starters, um, and and if we were to say right now, three of those would be three of those four new guys would be juniors, and so they're they're kind of unknown guys. They're they're athletic. They're not just not not real big kids, and then quarterback is probably uh, so the O line. And the quarterback position, you know, we're, we're going to have a new quarterback. And there's two guys, Bayham Blockberger is a junior who, who was our JV guy last year who, who did a good job. He's, he's more of a – probably a more of a thrower and, and a really a good smart smart guy, kind of like Reese Dellinger two years ago, I would say, sort, sort of like Reese. And then Braylon Hartimer 
he really is a, was a really good slot guy for us because he can really he can run and catch and he's really quick and and and, and played for Marcel when Marcel got hurt last year. Um, so so we don't we don't really know yet if we're going to play them both. If if Bay could take over, that would be great. If if not, if Bay, if uh, Harley has to take over, well, that's that's what will happen. So that's the two 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 scrimmages are really really uh, determine, I guess, whether. Well, we'll definitely, even if Baylen Blockberger is the quarterback, we'll, we'll have a package for Braylon Harlemer because he's so athletic. And, and, you know, we'll call one, you know, like a lot of times teams will say, hey, this is the Wildcat package for the, for the, for the scrambler kind of guy. So it's the Wild Harley. So we'll so, yep. Yep. So the Wildcat, wild, wild Harley. Yep. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Those are, those would be the two concerns. We have a, we have a really good, strong junior class of linebacker, fullback, safeties kind of guys that, that we're really, really happy with right now. So those, you know, those, like I said, there'll be three or four possibly O-line starters that are juniors. That's, that, that's a good good class for us with, with some good, good, solid guys that'll help those seniors uh, move through the throughout the year. Well, I will say one of the things that I've always told people and I've always had a, a huge amount of respect for that you guys do exceptionally well is – being able to kind of recognize and make changes where you need to and kind of go, all right, well, this isn't working. Maybe we tune this a little bit. And a lot of coaches have said, you know, they do that so well at Coldwater that sometimes we didn't even think about how they would change something to how we tried to play them. Yeah, well, I'll take that as a compliment. You know, we try to try to build, build, what we do around around the, the players' ability. So, so this year we're, we're going. Um, we've we've always kind of been a multiple defense, but we're going more to a three man front on, on defense because, like I said, we have we have more linebacker linebacker safety kind of guys. So we'll get more more athletic guys out there, and we just don't really have a bunch of big guys. So so we'll be in a lot more three man front. And my guess is, you know, Mark Mark Brown's calls the defense, and, and we've talked about it, but. My guess is we're going to be moving a bunch, and we're going to be blitzing and and, and turn those linebackers and safeties loose, and, and let them try to make plays, which which suits those guys better than you know having a bunch of big strong guys like Evan Holman last year and Will Fox were really good stout uh, defensive tackles for us that did a, did a really good job. We just we just don't have those those guys like them this year. And, and then of course on offense, our, our quarterback is such an important part of it, and so I always talk about like. Um, when Brody Hoyne played and Jack Hemelgarn were back to back, I think Brody had whatever sixteen hundred yards rushing and 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 almost twenty rushing touchdowns. Jake Jack the next year had seventy four yards rushing and and um, almost four thousand yards passing and a ton and a ton passing. So so we just we just adapt and adjust to what that what that quarterback can do. Unfortunately, Jack had a bunch of good skill guys around him, so he didn't have to run the ball ever. And, and Brody was obviously such a good runner; he just he just basically became another running back. Yeah, that's that's always a plus. So the key here is we have to find more Brody Hoings at Coldwater. That's right. Yeah, get those, get that get uh, someday when Brody gets married. Hopefully, he'll move back to Coldwater and have some little Brodies, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, not little. We need them all to be like six four. That's right. Yeah, that <laughs> That's uh, that Hoyne blood, right? All those, right. All those. Uh, and, you know, you know, you know, Adam Holman and Ross Holman 
our first cousins to Brody. Did you know that? I I can honestly say I did not. They're they're Adam and Adam and uh, Ross's mom is is uh, Saint Henry Horn. So that's the tie in there. And then and you know that's Bob, that's all relation to Bobby Hoyne and that whole there's a whole there's a whole tree right there of I think they had I think they had twelve like Brody's dad and and, and Ross Ross's mom um, I think I want to say between nine to twelve kids maybe wow. all those Hoyne and then and of course the, the daughters all have all have different different make you know different different last names now but those kids are. You know, and and they're like, "Yep, there they are. They're, they're all good, <laughs> all the way across, boys, girls, and just keep keep coming through." I'm I'm not even surprised. Well, I I hope you guys have a uh, terrific season this year. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. We 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 have a little bit less. We have, we have 68 guys last year. I think we had 78. I think it was about 10 10 10 less, but. You know, we have we only have thirteen seniors and sixteen juniors, so it, it, that junior class is not as many numbers, but they're good. And the senior class, you know, you, you always you always lose a few each year, and then our freshman class is a little bit smaller. I think they, I think nineteen something like that. So, but that's what you got. So, so you go play and and uh, looking forward to it. And, and you know, we got enough for three teams, so that'll be good. All the kids will get to play in the games and. and uh, Hopefully we can keep them keep those underclassmen playing. That is a look at Coldwater football with head coach Chip Otten. We've got some more coming up in just a minute. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Switching gears and heading up the road to Kenton, which I've always said is at least 45 minutes from every other town in the world. It doesn't matter what the town is. Talking it to uh, third-year head coach Zach Turner. You guys have something really neat I want to ask you about before we talk about your team that you do with your never-give-up football camp. It's such a neat thing. Yeah. I know you just had a week or so ago. Tell me a little bit about that. So our never-give-up football camp, um, a couple years ago, I was coaching at the University of Bluffton. I got a chance to go down to the University of Clemson. And I remember studying there and a meeting and they were talking about how they run a football camp for kids with special needs. And I just thought that was the coolest idea. So I'm, a, I'm an intervention specialist here at Kenton. Um, been at it for now 12 years. One of our football coaches, Coach Deering, um, you know, he's lived in that realm. You know, he has muscle dystrophy. Um, so came back, talked to him. I'm like, hey, you know, I think this would be something really cool. I think it would be really good if you kind of – you know, head it up and be a part of it. And he loved the idea. And, you know, it's been going now for, I think this is year five. Uh, we just finished. And, you know, we, on a Friday night in July, late July, we hold our never give up camp where we have kids, you know, that they're free of charge. Our uh, community does a great job of a letting, you know, funding it and paying for the t-shirts and the jerseys and the kids come in and they run through drills. You know, for about 40 minutes, just your basic 
diving catches, scoring a touchdown, catching a touchdown, kicking a PAT, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, they play flag football. And they go down to the north end, and our band, every time they score, will play rah rah for Kenton. And, you know, the kids just love it. You know, they're spiking the football. And, you know, it's just something to allow them to have that moment where they can feel like a Kenton football player on Friday night on Robinson Field, where, you know, normally they wouldn't have that opportunity. So it's really just trying to get back, um, trying to promote, you know, our community and our school and our program, but also, you know, let our kids who are in the program and our alumni come back and just be a part of a special moment and, you know, be able to give those kids one night to look forward to that they can be in the spotlight and they can be on the field and doing all those things that, you know, probably we took for granted when we were kids or our kids take for granted now. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's a cool experience. But the idea came from that moment where I got to go down south. And it's such a neat thing because, you know, it's kind of hit or miss on whether people, and I don't mean to say kids, but people, kids, coaches, whatever, that maybe don't necessarily hit the mark in all these things of, you see those guys on Friday nights and you don't maybe realize as you're going out there, like you were saying, that you're someone's role model. Someone's looking up to you saying, you know, I want to get his autograph, not realizing that maybe there's more going on there and you just did the coolest thing in the world for that young man. 100%. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing um, for us as high school coaches to get our kids to realize that, you know, everyone, whether they're, you know, five years old, 10 years old, 15 years old, whatever, you know, they're looking at you as role models. I have a nine-year-old son. Um, This is his first year doing tackle football. And all he wants to talk about is throwing the ball with our quarterback. And our quarterback, Corbin Johnson, he's the dad. Can I go to practice and throw with Corbin? And, you know, having those conversations with our kids, like, do you realize how much these young kids look up to you and they want to be like you no matter what you do? Whether you make a mistake or not, they just see you on that field and want to be on that. So, you know, it's another experience to let them come out and see, you know, you're a lot more fortunate than you probably think you are. Or you wake up every day and thinking, you know, maybe you got the wrong stick, but you really didn't. There's a lot of people out there in worse situations than you. So be very thankful for everything you've been blessed with and, you know, continue to understand the situation that God put you in and, you know, understand that you're a very blessed individual. I thought the coolest part about that, as I was reading in the Courier, was that the band and the cheerleaders were there. Yep. Every year. They have been a part of it every single year. We have a awesome band director with Mr. Wisman who, you know, participates and makes sure his kids are there every single year. A little bit different. Uh, you turn the quarter getting to your own season. You just start practice seven on seven, which I mean is like a normal thing for you guys with the way you throw the football. But uh, how much does that help you? I mean, does that ever give, I mean, you probably don't run the same things, but does that ever give anybody a look? I mean, because you guys are obviously well-known for throwing the football. Yeah, so for us, 7-on-7 seven seven helps us tremendously. Um, we don't change teams at all. We run the exact same teams we run in 7-on-7 seven seven that we do on Friday night. So I know some 7-on-7 seven seven schools come in and, you know, they – 
run all these pick plays and all these rub plays and everything else, and they're drawing stuff up in the dirt, and we don't do that at all. Uh, we run the same exact stuff. So we're working on timing with our quarterback. We're working on um, how we release our route, how do we run our route. We're working on all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're doing the exact same thing you would see us do on Friday night right here in 707. And I think that's probably the biggest difference for us. People want to say that, you know, some people are just doing this for that or, you know, you're just running 707 because you're, you know, just doing it to do it. Not for us. We're working on timing. We're working on our reads. Um, we're working on our leverage, how to release, how to get off the ball. All those things that translate to a great passing game is what we're trying to accomplish in 7-on-7. Seven seven. So it's a lot different for us than maybe some other schools. Because um, we're, we're hammering our kids. And what we install for 7-on-7, seven seven, we run. So when we hit fall camp, you know, what we're doing right now, we're trying to get better at some things. But we're not installing anything. We're not going through new plays. It's the same place we ran all summer. And I think that's the biggest thing I kind of learned um, under, you know, Finley has uh, their OC this year, Matt Beth. And Matt coached at Kenton uh, when Maddie played. And OC uh, for us when uh, we went to the state title game in 2011. And, you know, he's at Finley right now, and he's running the exact same stuff we're running. And, you know, we have conversations all the time about, little things here and there but i mean what they installed there's the same thing we installed and we're the same kind of thing where you know we install it early in the summer and we rep it all the way through and it doesn't matter what we do uh it doesn't matter 7 on 7 or 11 on 11 we're running the same stuff so you know i know that's kind of always been a thing with a lot of people you know 7 on 7 is a different game but for us it's pretty much the same game you just don't have the three or four defense alignment that you normally see on a friday night which is good if you have a young quarterback that you're trying to get some throws. Yeah, um, Corbin's done a really good job. So Corbin is our junior. Um, he's taken the bull by the horns, and he's improved tremendously um, from last year. And, you know, he's really starting to understand our offense. And, you know, everyone wants to complicate the game, but the game is all about space and winning space and, you know, building a set guys up and winning your one-on-one matchup. So, you know, he's starting to understand that and understand coverages and, you know, where the ball needs to go. And you can see it. You can see his confidence grow. And that's the biggest thing for me. Um, he's always had it in him, but now you're starting to see that confidence grow. You start to see that leadership come out. And, you know, anytime you can complete some passes and get in a rhythm, you're going to see that. So he's done a really good job uh, commanding our offense and doing those kind of things. And, you know, it happens in 7-on-7 seven seven because he's starting to get those reps and he's starting to see it. It's kind of a rough start for you your first two years ago and said the first year you get the one win last year. Was it was there any kind of because I know Kenton football fans are very I want to say rabid, but I mean it in the nicest way that they are into your program from uh, you know, the second that one season ends, they're working on the next one at the local breweries and, you know, everywhere. But was it any kind of I don't want to say monkey off your back because I don't like how that sounds, but of kind of a relief or a gasp of, okay, we got one. Now, see, we can do this and we can flip this. Um, I don't know about all that. I think the biggest thing I learned through this process is, you know, 
any you you coach and you compete and you grow up to win. And when you play sports, you you grow up because you want to win the game. Um, and that's the bottom line. You know, there's no moral victories or anything like that. So you know, yes, winning that game was nice, um, but it's not always the one thing you remember. Um, you remember the other one. So you know, those things have always you know kind of stuck in my mind. And the biggest thing I can tell you, Michael, is this offseason, I took a step back and I really reevaluated things. And I got into the one thing I realized. So when I was the offense coordinator, I was a young coach. I read a lot. I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of journaling. I did all, and I always take my notes. I was always reevaluating and looking at all that. When I became the head coach, I kind of lost myself a little bit. I became more of this guy that I thought I had to be for lack of a better term, the manager. I didn't coach as much as I should have. I didn't, you know, I thought I was the, you know, the CEO. And I kind of forgot about who I was as a coach. So I started reading a lot more. Um, I got into Ryan Holiday books, if you ever heard of him. Um, he believes in stoicism, which is basically just the betterment of self and, you know, trying to understand, you know, the world around you. I could go down a rabbit hole in this, but I really self-centered myself. I really reevaluated things um, and reevaluated the program and said, I got to get back to who I am as a coach, as a person, that relationship guy, uh, coaching the kids and being with the kids and doing all those kind of things that made me a better coach when I was younger. So, you know, this off season, I flipped things um, about, you know, how I went about the team. You know, you're always the CEO because you're running the program, but you know, I'm, calling the offense this year and I'm coaching the quarterbacks again and you know you forget about how much you miss those conversations with the kids and I just wasn't doing it but that's what made me a great coach when I was young that's what put me in the position to be a head coach um so I was able to reevaluate that and kind of learn and like I gotta get back to who I am um and you know we were walking out um a practice night and I kind of looked at our office coach and I said man you know it's so good to be coaching because I I didn't for two years really I was more of a CEO kind of guy, um, and I missed that. So, you know, I think reamping and learning and, you know, figuring out who you are and, you know, you can't get lost when you get a new position. You always got to realize what your roots are and who you are. And, you know, I think that will help a lot this year. I think it's going to help, you know, our kids understand some things. And, you know, anytime you can build relationships with kids, you know, you're always in a better spot. Um, I told her AD this today in a conversation, I said, you know, the first two years, you know, is not what you imagined. But I'd rather have be in that situation than hand the keys to a Ferrari later on in my career and not know how to fix the Ferrari. <laughs> so, you know, you live and you learn and you get better. And, you know, no one, you know, for what Jim Harbaugh said about Ryan Day, right, being born on third base, sometimes you're not. <laughs> uh, sometimes you got to. You gotta get thrown out a couple times before you hit that single, and then hopefully next time you get up, you hit a double, and you grow and you get better. And you know the past is the past, and you can't soak in it. And you just gotta get better, and you gotta focus on the kids in your program today. And that's what I feel like we've done this year, and we've had a pretty productive off season. Um, we've worked the kids probably harder than they ever have, and you know we've just been talking about understanding what's in front of you and understanding your mentality and how you attack every single day and what you need to do. So. Our kids have taken it on head on, and, you know, I feel like we've taken some jumps, and we'll see how, you know, we'll scrimmage for it on Saturday, so the, the truth's always in the tape.
Well, then, of course, you tried to hit a home run in your first game and the last time with Coldwater. I'm sure that it's kind of a, a yay-nay thing because that bus ride can't be great, but it's, you know, you know you have one heck of a challenge anytime that either Coldwater comes to you or you go there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about one of the most elite small schools in America, right? Um, maybe only second to Marion Local. I mean, there's not a whole lot that, you know, compared to those two schools. And, you know, you're going in and, you know, you're trying to perform the best you can. And, you know, you know, they come from a tradition-rich program just like we do. And, you know, they won their fair share of state titles just like ours have. And, you know, the biggest thing I tell our kids is they're high school kids, too. They put on their pants every day just like you do. And, you know, the key to them is they're going to execute at a high level. Can you meet their execution? And it's not just for one quarter. It's not just for one play. It's for 60 to 70 plays on both sides of the ball. And, you know, making sure they understand that they have to do their job every single play. And they're going to win some, and you're going to win some. It just matters at the end of the day who wins more one-on-one battles. And, you know, they are always going to be prepped. Coach Otten does a great job with them. Their kids understand their schemes, and they understand what to ask of them, and they understand that, you know, they live in a community that losing is not acceptable. And, you know, it's always a great battle. It's always a great test. And it's a great measuring stick for us. Um, you know, I'm going to miss playing them. I think, you know, the one thing I've always enjoyed was watching their game film and breaking them down. They do so many different things offensively and defensively, and they execute those things at a high level, which is why they play in late, you know, November, December every single year. So, you know, bittersweet in that sense because when you're when you compete you want to play against the best schools you don't want to go play you know a school that has a losing record you want to play the best of the best and you want to match yourself up against them you know as a program and as a coach and you know you want to see where you you lie on the measuring stick so bittersweet but you know we're we're you know working towards that game on august 18th there was some guy he said something about to be the man you got to beat the man i don't know yeah yeah i mean it's Right there, saying have an oddity in your schedule. I don't know that I've ever seen where quite literally your entire schedule is away home, away home, away home, all the way through. Yeah, I, I say most W Bill schools probably are. Well, every school I've seen, like St. Mary's, has got uh, four of their first five are away, and then four of their last five are home, and it just kind of goes mm-hmm. one two one. And I know there's a couple other OG has that where they have blocks, but I don't know that I've ever quite literally seen a schedule that just is home one week away the next week and just keeps going. Oh, I didn't know that. I assumed everybody was like that, to be honest. It's, it's how I was. It was when I was a player. It's how it's been when I was a coach. I just assumed that's how it went. Um, yeah, so I guess whoever set it up did a great job for it. Yeah, that's. I mean, it could have been Coach Mock a while ago. I have no idea. I don't know. That's just so weird. Um, when you look at the league, who jumps out to you? And I mean, we're talking, you know, the normals. Uh, I know uh, a lot of coaches have already pinpointed. You know, we know Walpock's gonna be good. We know St. Mary's. We think OG will return to form. Salina improved last year. Those kind of who jump out to you? Looking at it, I mean, Walpock is. You know, when they've won the league for multiple years, you know, they're always going to be the team that, you know, is the favorite going in. 
Demarius is always going to be up there. I think Salina and Defiance has improved tremendously. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at those schools right there. You know, Coach Schreiner is going to do a great job with, you know, the Titans, and he's going to have them ready to play. And, you know, every week is a grind in the WBL. So you've got to be ready every single week. When this season comes up, when you get ready to uh, strap it up at Coldwater, what are people going to be saying kind of going into that and coming out of about Kenton football this year? Well, I, I think we got that grittiness, the stuff that kind of made us, you know, who we were um, back a little bit. So we're starting to see that grittiness come back. You know, tough kids that play hard, um, kids that, you know, have the will to win and, you know, they give it everything they have. And, you know, that's what we harp on our kids. So that's what we want to see. Well, I wish you good luck this year. Yeah, Michael, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you giving me a call and doing a talk. And, you know, I think the biggest thing to kind of harp on that question you just asked is, you know, we just want to see our kids get better every single day. And we want to see, you know, our kids be who they are and, you know, continue to build that grittiness and that tough, hard-nosed mindset because in life that's what you need to, to be successful. So that's what we're harping on our kids, and that's what we want to see. That's Ken's head football coach, Zach Turner, talking about his team. We've got some more coaches coming up here in just a couple of minutes. The Red Pig Inn at 1470 North Perry Street in Ottawa, a Putnam County staple since 1975. The Red Pig is known for its award-winning barbecue sauce, including their great chicken and ribs. Now they serve pizza with a new expanded menu. At the Red Pig, they can also cater your events. Be sure to stop in and catch your favorite sports teams on their big screen TVs and the WZOQ Zoo Crew talk show on Wednesdays. The Red Pig Inn at 1470 North Perry Street in Ottawa, 419-696-1002. The perfect choice for lunch, dinner, and your special events. Talking about the uh, Northwest Conference now and uh, not as much about the PCL, just because I would imagine you guys win the PCL every year in the Columbus Grove Bulldogs with Andy Schaefer. Can you just do that? Can you just outright claim your PCL champs, or is that you have to beat Lipsick for both of those games? Uh, you know, it's not something that we really talk about, to be honest, but uh, it could definitely happen. I remember uh, – you know, when I first moved here, because I wasn't a, a Putnam County guy, kids talked about Kaleida and in, in Ottaville and all these other. I was like, I've never even heard of these schools. <laughs> like, what are they? So, uh, but yeah, uh, Pandora and Lipstick certainly have some tradition with them, and and they're they're targets for sure. Well, hey, you won both games last year, so by my means of math, that makes you PCL champions. I guess. I guess OG might say something different. Well, PCL champs, but yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I've never gotten a trophy for it, so right. I'll just keep, keep going. I did have a hard time with that at first, uh, being an Allen County kid of when I would reference Putnam County versus referencing the Putnam County League. I, yeah. I would slip up sometimes and like, well, it's uh, it's the PCL plus OG. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, but OG doesn't yeah. count in this conversation. Then somebody from Ottawa, yeah. why don't we count? Well, because you're not in the PCL. Because you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't I don't know if I'm yeah. breaking your bubble or what, but yeah. I uh, we were just talking. You've had a very busy summer, sending one off to college, watching one get married, and now I guess you get to that point where. You're 70 other kids, Dad, because you're two weeks away from your season. <laughs> That's exactly right. It has been a very, very busy summer for my family, and uh, uh, which is which is okay. And um, but uh, these these guys, especially my coaches, have really 
done a great job of uh, kind of picking up the slack. When I mean, there were some days when honestly I wasn't there, um, and uh, yeah, I missed one of my first two-a-day practices because uh, I had to move my son to college. But you know, our coaches know that that's all right. And yeah, I think honestly, we built the program to the point where it's it's beyond just me. You know, um, uh, certainly I'm a, a a big part of the team, but uh, if I'm not there, I think think things uh, still go. Everybody knows the expectations and. I've been here. It's hard to believe that I've been this is my 12th season at Grove. So um, most of these guys that I have on my staff have actually played for me, and uh, they know what's expected, and and so do the kids. So it's it's been good. How much does that help, though? Because all of those guys are, I know a couple of their ages for sure, but I'm not going to date them. Let's just say <laughs> from graduation to less than 30. But uh, yeah. to for them to still be able to, and I know a couple of them have brothers or cousins because it's Putnam yeah. County that are playing yeah. that they're kind of maybe are, are they able to maybe sometimes relate something to the kid that you you know yeah. are, are maybe just kind of looked at if oh that's just coach but if it comes from a position coach then it yeah. makes sense no that's it's i'm glad you said that because it's, it's the truth um these guys have great relationships with them um and they see each other you know everywhere <laughs> including family gatherings and whatnot but uh, uh but yeah they uh um you know, there's always that worry of well, well, they respect them as a coach, and uh, again, um, we make sure that they do. So um, we've never had that problem. But um, yeah, it's really cool. You know, what was really awesome was this summer we did a, like an alumni seven on seven, and uh, gosh, we had some guys come back and and they were unreal and made us look silly because um, you got guys like Gabe Clement, that's uh, you know decathlon athlete at University of Finley. <laughs> You know, some guys like that, they were just absolutely torching our defense. But uh, what was cool was, you know, they didn't need play cards. They knew our system, and they were running plays. and uh, Same defense, same offense. And uh, it's just neat to, to be at a place long enough to, to see, you know, those guys just come in and really want to pour into their um, their community and, and make, make sure that tra- uh, tradition stays alive. Is that a compliment to you because that's so ingrained to them they could just do it? Or was it frustrating because you're just looking at your actual team going, you know what this play is? <laughs> no, it was 100% a compliment. I, I knew what we were uh, playing against. And, uh, you know, Blake Reynolds has, has still got it. <laughs> Gabe Clement still got it. And, uh, Jackson Schrader, Braylon Baxter. I mean, the list, the list goes on and on and on. We, we, we had some really, really good athletes. Uh, um playing and and we liked it it it, it showed us that hey you know we got a little ways to go well it's crazy because in your 11 seasons three regional crowns two in the last uh three years you've gotten through uh uh, just kind of a a gauntlet of teams but it seems like that age-old thing wherever you're at that last door the final boss so to speak in the video game is always a Coldwater or a Marion local. <laughs> that does kind of stink. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Mac has definitely got us and uh, it, it is what it is. But, you know, I think every time we play, you know, we played Marion local years and years ago, obviously that's been a while. And, um, you know, when Some we would say them, about 20 years, there was a, a pretty good <laughs> event. Well, I wasn't talking about that one yet, but uh, I meant when I was still here, um, uh, when we, we lost to Marion local in the semifinals, um, you know, I don't think our kids. I think our kids were star starstruck at that point. Uh, when we played Coldwater, it was really actually a very close game. We lost Gabe Clement in that game. I know you were there. I thought that um, was that's the turning point in that game for me because it, it, he was having was. such a great game. 
it was. And then, and then last year against uh, Marion Local, I could just see it in our kids' eyes. You know, they were ready and they weren't afraid. They were um, ready to smack them in the face. And, and honestly, I think our kids did. And uh, we played them toe to toe for quite a big part of that game. So I think our, our program's headed in the right direction. We, we just keep getting better and better and better. And, uh, like I said, last year when I saw just the eyes of the players, I could tell, you know, they're ready for these games. So, you know, hey, uh, we're going to hopefully take the next step this year. And you never know, we might see another Mac school. And, um, you know, we won't take it for granted, that's for sure. There's a really good uh, article, uh, I want to point this out, of you guys, an interview that you did with Black Swamp Football. I read this thing religiously kind of from front to back to learn about teams and the one thing, I mean, I knew this, but to see it in print, that kind of jumps out to me. Losing yeah. seven starters on the defensive end, five on the offensive end, but the fact that those starters are Tad Cook, Lawson, Mag, Shep, Hawker, Brent Renner, and A.J. Schaefer, <laughs> it, it makes seven seem like about 12 or 13. <laughs> yeah, those are good dudes. Um, you know, all of them are great kids, and uh, they're, they're moving on, and you know, some of them are playing some college uh, sports. Um, you know, AJ's playing football. Yeah, Chad and Lawson are playing or running or throwing in track. I should should say, but uh, those kids are competitors, and uh, you know, it's it's a big loss. But you know, we've we've got a lot of guys that have experience and have played. And I said this in an interview the other day. You can't take for granted what playing 15 games is for your other guys. You know, and uh, all the extra practice time that they have. And, and spending time with those guys that you just mentioned. Um, you know, our linebacking core with, with Landon Trader, Tad, and AJ, uh, those guys, they didn't just prepare themselves for the game. They prepared everybody else. And, you know, I've, I've talked to all those guys, obviously AJ a lot, but I've talked to those guys and they really, they, they say, Hey, I think you're going to, they're going to be just as good because, you know, we help prepare them in practice and we did these drills and we did this and, you know, that's what I really like. We've got a, a program established here that those those guys, even when they graduate, you know, they still come back to practice and still want to work with those kids and still want to make sure that, I guess, Columbus Grove football is at the top. Well, they got to do something while mom's doing their laundry. <laughs> I guess so, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that'll fun. probably be your wife this year. AJ stopped by. He brought a bunch laundry. of laundry with him. <laughs> well, he's a, he's playing in college, and they do his laundry for him. So you know that's kind of nice. Well, I'm sure he'll figure something out. Uh, it, a little <laughs> bit different for you guys this year because of what you lose on the offensive end. You said you don't have a true H back on your roster that you've had the last handful of years, and you have a sophomore quarterback in Landon Best through 45 passes last year. How important was it in a lot of those blowout games between? Let's say the time you guys played Crestview to the time you go through Black River, you have five blowout wins of being able to get guys in there. And kind of what people say how good the Mac is is because they build off stuff like that and build your program that way. Yeah, I mean, certainly that helps. Um, I'm not. I'm probably one of the few people out here that's not a huge fan of the, uh, the running clock. I wish we could just, uh, you know, continue to play our guys. But, uh, um you know, Landon Best got actually, you know, two and a half, you know, games as a starter last year because uh, Brenton got hurt week eight. And so, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't just blowout games. Uh, Landon Best had some 
great opportunity against some really good teams. Uh, you know, even one in the, the playoffs, he played a full game against Black River. So, um, yeah, that that helps, and that's what we try to do is we try to make sure we get as many kids on the field, and even if that's just special teams, because for some reason or another, those Friday night lights um, are a lot brighter than uh, the Saturday morning sun, and uh, some, sometimes kids get real nervous about that kind of atmosphere, so we, we try to get them out there. I know it feels like we're talking about this a lot more than we did for a while. you got uh, a young man who's doing pretty well at Marshall. I, I think people might have heard of him. But we talked about last year about having to replace a four-year kicker like that. Shep Hawker comes in. He does a terrific job last year. But now he's gone. I mean, 51 yards on his kickoffs, uh, 45 of 48 on extra points, 6 and 9 on field goals. And again, we find ourselves with that special teams that you talked about setting the tone last year, if we can get deep kickoffs, if we can get, you know, a field goal here, make sure we get our extra points, we can be a very good team. And you're kind of in that flip again. Well, I'm going to go back to what I just said with the, you know, the linebackers and and everybody about how, you know, in our program, we really try to get, even if you graduated to continue to work with kids and, and, you know, nobody had heard of Shep Hawker as a kicker before, except for everybody here because they saw Reese working with Shep and, and kind of teaching him the craft and, and, and making sure that this, you know, this type of position would continue at Grove. And so all of a sudden Shep Hawker comes out and everybody's like, where did he come from? And I'm like, well, he was, he was the backup to a really special, special guy. <laughs> and that kid worked with him all the off season. So, you know, we, we've got another guy that we've been grooming and, uh, um, Evan Beerhoff, no relation at all to, uh, uh, to Reese, but, uh, you know, Evan, we identified him at a young age and you know, he wasn't a football kid, never played it, but he had a strong leg in soccer. So, you know, we don't have soccer here at Grove, thank goodness. And, and we <laughs> talked to him and, and, uh, you know, we were able to uh, talk him into playing football and he's really, really increased his, his, uh, foot strength. And, um, you know, he's very, very accurate. And, you know, his technique is just like Reese. Uh, he just, he just needs to get a little stronger leg to get it deep on kickoffs, but he's progressing the exact way that uh, that Reese was, and we're excited to see that. I think the next couple of years, you know, he's only a sophomore right now. Um, he's going to really focus on extra points, short field goals, that kind of stuff, but I, I think by the junior year and senior year especially, he'll be kicking the end zone, and we'll be back to where we were. Once again, you guys kick off on a Thursday night with Pandora Boa. You make that long trip out to Pandora. <laughs> I mean, it probably takes longer to put the kids on the bus, I think, than it does to make that trip. It does. Honestly, though, it does seem like it's a long trip. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, you know, it's such a rivalry game. and Your just mind starts wondering about all kinds of different stuff. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a cool atmosphere, especially on a Thursday night. You know, we haven't played there on a Thursday, but that was the greatest decision we've made. Our, our ADs were on board. And, um, you know, it was a huge, huge crowd last year on, on the Thursday here at Climber, and I expect it to be just as big. You know, everybody's expecting us to to drop because we lost all those guys, but we know we're going to be, you know, we, we got the program established where we want it to be, so I, I think it's going to be a really good game. And I thought last year you guys made a statement, yeah, you lose two of your first five, but after that LB game where you lose the big winning streak and all of that, a lot of people kind of said the same thing of, well, you know, they lost a lot from last year. Maybe this team isn't that good. And you come out, you get back-to-back wins, you lose the heartbreaker with Allen East, and then just pretty much go on a tear where the rest of the season until your last game, 
you don't give up more than 22 points. You have that dogfight and these long trips on the road to play Colonel Crawford. I thought it was a, a big statement of where this team, and you talked about a little bit, of where this team has come and where you're sitting right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, we uh, – um, yeah, some as a coach, you, you hate to lose. You absolutely do. But, but what are you going to do with the loss? Are you just going to sit and pout about it, or are you going to make yourself better? And that's what we really talk, kind of talked about. And um, the Allen East was definitely a, a <laughs> that was a rough one because it was, you know, it was zero zero till late in the fourth quarter. And you know, Hershberger, which is he, he is a competitor. He's a dude, and um, you know, he just got flushed on a scramble, and off he went. And, there he went. He, he scored, and that was it was hard to believe. That was a difference in the game. Um, but uh, yeah, because of that, our our kids, you know, took that to heart. And, you know, they really kind of stunk not not winning an NWC title because, you know, I know that was a huge goal for that that group um, certainly. But you know, winning a regional title was nice as well. You were quoted as saying, "You think this is the fastest defense that you have? Did you just poach every track kid you could find?" <laughs> We have speed, that's for sure, and uh, um, you know, it, uh, we, our, our track coach and our track program does a great job of teaching speed, that's for sure. But uh, uh, I'm not going to give credit to that. But you know, we got a lot of guys that can really run to the ball, and um, you know, again, our linebackers, you know, we may not, uh, we may not hit like we did last year, and, you know, and that's a big question mark because I've seen a lot of it in practice. We may be, but uh, we're definitely faster. Um, I think these three linebackers are faster than what we were last year, uh, which is which is scary to think about. That's kind of insane, though, too, because I know that a lot of uh, uh, schools will recruit speed just for the sake yeah. of having speed, but there's kind of a difference in that turning into football speed because of the change of direction and the cuts and all that that you, know, you guys have been able to, to get both. Yeah, certainly it is. And I, I, the, the thing about last year's group, though, was it was 200. I mean, AJ weighed 240 and Tad weighed 260 at the end of the season, and they both had speed. That, that's a big dude running around with some pretty good speed. So we certainly don't have that size, uh, but um, you know, I'm excited to see how these guys play. I am uh, obviously always rooting for you guys to do well, except for one game a year. and last year i said that to you and you went out and blew out my alma mater 55 to 6 so i I probably won't be sending ice cream your way (laughs) that's all right i didn't i didn't really appreciate that when i looked at it and said wow he did not listen to that at all (laughs) it happens man it happens well that's why high school football is so weird too because you can you know kind of what you were saying with you know, we, hey, we put up 38 points last week, things went right, and then we just couldn't get one in the end zone with Allen East of just, you know, I say it about baseball being bipolar all the time, but sometimes one wrong step in football and all of a sudden that's the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah, it is. It is. And, um, you know, and, and weather's a factor as well. And uh, and certainly we had some crazy weather games last year, especially deep in the playoffs. And, and with the uh, kind of the – thing that you guys have been given the last couple of years on travel where you've had to go to just some insane places to play your playoff games yeah you know i mean not that you're gonna complain about it but just the way the draw comes out sometimes it really doesn't matter where you play but some of those games were were a distance some of those games i remember looking at the draw and going 
how is that possible that they're on that that side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, um, and it could easily happen again this year. I mean, uh, the region really hasn't changed that much. So, um, you know, I honestly, I think Black River. We played them uh, week eleven last year, and um, they had a lot of young kids out on the, the field. I really could see them as a contender in our region. So. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have to take a trip there. Maybe we'll have to tra- take a trip here again. So we'll hopefully it's here. Yeah. <laughs> that well, yeah. then you're the higher seed. So, yes. Yeah, That'd be great. Uh, well, good luck to you and the boys this year. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's Columbus Grove head coach Andy Schaefer. We've got some more guys coming on to talk about their teams in just a couple of minutes. Aguari fill-in station now under new ownership at 404 North Main Street in Columbus Grove. Stop in for your favorite snacks, beverages, Ohio Lottery, pizza, and subs, and fill up with gas while you're there. Aguirre Fill-In Station, 404 North Main Street in Columbus Grove. Hours of operation are Monday through Thursday, 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Sunday from noon to 8. Hey, thanks for staying with us. Thanks to Bo Fry and Chipotin. Andy Schaefer and Zach Turner for coming on and talking about their teams. Again, one of those guys. And Andy Schaefer already with a uh, come-from-behind win or sorry, a loss that a team came from behind on them in Pandora-Caboa. That game uh, went back and forth, like I said earlier on, but uh, terrific game for the 11th Annual Z-Sports Live Bowl. Something that we started doing, obviously, 11 years ago, but it has been a, a huge success, and I'm happy to see it continue. Uh, those games at Pandora are always terrific. There have been... Uh, just the last 11 years, I think five or six games that have come down to the last possession. That's what I've got for this week's episode. More coming up next week. We'll talk everything going on in the area. College football getting ready to get started. College soccer as well. Doing some stuff with the uh, University of Finley men and women. So we'll see uh, maybe if we can get them on. Doing some stuff with Ohio Northern University. If we could get their head football coach as well. All of that coming your way. Hopefully you enjoyed. If not, hit me up on Twitter and uh, complain. For a good friend of mine, I will say have a great night and an even better tomorrow from all of us here at Around the Hearn. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.